The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and strategies to shake up the status quo in human resources and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. This is an exciting day. We're welcoming back Season 2 of HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We had a great information-packed, guest-packed, insight-packed season last year in 2013, and they're back for another 13-week flight, we call it in the business, and we're just delighted. So let's get this party started. Great topic today, the buzz Millennials at work. Ooh, does that make you smile? Does that make you cringe? Let's get started. Okay, they're here. Millennials, a.k.a. Gen Y. I'm going to lay it out for you. They're the post-Gen X demographic. In case you're wondering about the numbers, they were born between the early 1980s and early 2000s. Who are they? They're diverse. They're well-educated. They are very highly expressive. And they've already made a unique mark on commerce, on work, on social media, on everything. Okay, so we've heard that millennials have a different mindset and a different outlook on life and work, different from other generations. And I believe that we've, we've heard many times on many SAP Game Changers radio shows that the workplace now is packed with four, at least four different generations. That's a lot of outlooks, a lot of insights, and a lot of mindsets. So is it myth versus truth about millennials? What do they really want? What do they expect? What do they need in their careers today, right now, and in the future? I have a panel of three millennials. Yes, we're going to hear right from them. Not about them, but from them. One is in Newtown Square, Pennsylvania. One is in Brussels, Belgium. One is in Johannesburg, South Africa. They've all called in, and this is going to be a great kickoff to our new HR trend season. So let me bring on my experts. First up, we have Lindsay Nelson. She's with SAP, and she's the one in Newtown Square, PA, and she sent me the following quote. This is sure a provocative way to start the show. Lindsay Nelson says, everybody write this down, I personally despise the word millennial. We are constantly and consistently stereotyped, and we're often not provided the opportunity to voice our individual inputs. Some people would be shocked to see how different all of our wants and needs really are. Lindsay Nelson, Fighting Words. Welcome to HR Trends with Game Changers. How are you, Lindsay? I'm great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here well, today. Delighted to be speaking with you. We have a great panel, two of more of your colleagues. So let's get started. What do you mean you despise the word millennial? How dare you? Talk to me, Lindsay. <laughs> it's, it's commonly overused, and it's a standard, so there's really no getting away with it. But I, I must admit, I don't think what we bring to the workplace, the mindset, isn't such a terrible thing, even though often we're, it's used in a negative connotation, from my opinion. We're often called that 
millennial me generation. We're demanding. We've got these crazy ideas. And some of these crazy ideas are the ones that I think are some of the best. Flexibility in the workplace, healthcare, a company who serves a higher purpose, and having a place that you really don't mind spending 40 hours a week. To me, that millennial mindset, even though it's so different than what everyone else has expected from work in the past, I think it's okay, and it's pretty exciting. I'm glad it's exciting. Now, you say that you don't think you're offered the opportunity to voice your individual inputs. Do you think that you say this from the perspective of the group of millennials or or one by one? You know, none of us really. I'm a boomer. I've been called a Zoomer. I don't know what they call me these days, Lindsay. Uh, Are we are we too often boxed into that stereotype? Are you are you really tired of it? Yeah, I am really tired of it. And I think boxed in a great a great way to phrase it. Uh, often you hear, or I hear, I should say, I'm categorized as X, Y, or Z, and I don't relate to X, Y, and Z. Sometimes I, I do relate to traits that are in different generations. Okay, good start to our conversation. Yeah. Thank you, Lindsay Delson, and joining Absolutely. you on the panel today is Thibaut de Kaiser. He's at SAP. Also, he's calling from Brussels, Belgium, and Thibaut sent me the following quote. Technology is like air to us. We are Generation Y. You can call us net geners. Thibaut, welcome to you, and what time of day is it in Brussels right now? Hey, Bonnie. So thanks for having me as well. It's, uh, it's close to the end of, uh, end of the business day, but as net generous, we, we, we keep on working more hours, I think. So we, we don't care. Well, you're just like the Zoomers, the Boomers. We keep working long hours, too. You have no idea. So I, there, we just found a link across that bridge called the Generation Gap. It's a big gap, but we just bridged it. Thibaut, talk to me. Technology is like air to us. What does that mean? Yeah, it's, I can give you a quick example. So during the weekend, my, my dad came over to give us a visit, and he was thinking about, like, should I get, like, a smartphone? I said, so why should you get, like, a smartphone? He said, how, how do you are working with, with your apps and with all your smartphones? He said, I have multiple mobile phones. I have an iPad, a PC, a laptop. I have Wi-Fi everywhere in my house, and I use apps for everything. So for me, that's just normal. So it's, it's only benefits. It's part of who I am, my personality, and all my habits. And then uh, he, he came very surprised. So it's a very big difference uh, between just one generation. So I think if you would consider more generations, it's even a bigger, a bigger gap to consider. I'm going to break your heart here. I've got a PC. I've got an iMac i27. I've got three iPhones. I have a couple of old flip phones hidden in the drawer. Uh, let's see. I've got a tie line, a three backup drives, a cable <laughs> modem, a digital phone, a couple of camera docks here. And what else do I have? Let's see. I'm just overwhelmed with technology, but I'm probably unusual as a boomer. So, so there. So I like you already, Tebow. You tell your dad that you and I are friends and we've, we've bridged that gap. Thank you very much. Yeah, Great insights. Sure. I, I appreciate that. Erwill Heath, please join the conversation. Erwill is calling us from Johannesburg, South Africa, and he sent me a wonderful Nelson Mandela quote. It is, it always seems impossible until it is done. Welcome, Erwill Heath. How are you today? I'm doing excellent. It's, uh, it's really a beautiful day back home in Johannesburg. I think it's, uh, it's a great place to be, and it's uh, fantastic to be on your show. And uh, welcome to everyone and all the listeners out in, uh, out in the field. Thank you very much. I'm glad we're out in the field. What time of day is it in Janisburg, you pronounced it? That's interesting. What time of day is it there, Erwell? It's 10 past 6 p.m. Uh, for, for the local slang term, it's called Josie. Um, so you can, uh, if you don't want to impress uh, the locals, you just say that you're speaking to a colleague from Josie or Johannesburg, uh, the city of gold. 
Josie, the city of gold. I love that we got to write that down. Brian, uh, I know Brian's listening. Brian, please tweet that. The city of gold. Okay. So, Irwin, let's get down to business here. Great quote from Mandela. It always seems impossible until it is done. How does that relate to you as a Gen Wire, as a net Jenner, as your colleague Thibault said? What do you think? I think it's, uh, it's, it's definitely the best time to be a millennial um, or to be a, the, the youth of the nation, to be the youth within SAP or with any large enterprise software company. Um, for me personally, I actually embrace the term millennials. I think it's, it's really a way to, to, to bring the youth or the early talents together within the global environment. Um, Bill McDermott, the global CEO of SAP, mentioned that the next revolution and evolution of SAP, taking the business to the cloud, will be led by the millennials. So I've taken that truly, truly to heart um, in, in conjunction with the quote from Nelson Mandela, and he's got another very, very strong quote, which is very well known for, was that um, sometimes it falls upon a generation to be great. That generation can be us. So I think, you know, filling the footsteps of such great leaders, it's only our responsibility to take it to the next level and to build on their legacy. Um, otherwise, it would be a disgrace to our previous leaders. And um, with the technology that market has released, especially the iPhone, um, the Apple iStore, the, the usability and the um, user experience and simplicity that that brings really enables us to have the power of the world in the palm of our hand to really simplify everything to make the world run better. So I think it's really a responsibility and an opportunity for us millennials to really take it to the next level. I appreciate that. I'm glad to hear the word responsibility. I think that's what we all look for. The older generations want to know that the younger generation is coming in and taking responsibility. It sounds like you're certainly embracing that. I have a really important question for my three panelists today. We're going to start off with Lindsay, then Tebow, and then Irwell. I don't think this is a surprise to you, but, you know, HR Trends with Game Changers is under the umbrella of our flagship show, Coffee Break with Game Changers. So I'm going to ask each of you... What are you drinking right now? What's in your cup? Or if it's something eh, not so interesting, tell me a little story about the best cup of fill it in coffee, tea, water, milk, juice, soda, whatever. Just not company champagne. We all know that tastes good uh, right now. So, Lindsay Nelson, what are you drinking or what do you wish you were drinking? Well, I'm drinking water, but I wish I was drinking a fresh espresso from the Nespresso machine. I recently was introduced to these machines when I went over to Europe for the first time as an adult last spring. And ever since then, I've been just craving one. I got one fresh in the store, and I can still remember how good it tasted. I just don't think coffee in the, ta- in the States tastes as good as it does over there. Okay, good to know. Thank you very much. Thibaut de Kaiser, what are you drinking in Brussels right now? So now drinking just water, as, as we all do. Water is very important. But as a Belgian, we love to drink beer. Uh, although my example is not about beer, my example is something what we call a dirt bag in Belgium. Uh, what is dirt bag really about? It starts off with a kid's drink. It's something milky with a lot of uh, fruits in there, like the blueberries and, and uh, strawberries in there. But then when you get older, you can't keep drinking a children's drink. So what do we do when we get 18? We spice it up with, with some blue vodka. And then as the drink is pink with the blue vodka, it gives like a gray color. And that's the color of dirt bags in Belgium. So a dirt bag is, a, is a, actually a milky blueberry drink with some blueberry vodka. It's really delicious. Uh, I can really guarantee it. So everyone who's coming around in Belgium, I treat you one. 
We'll be right there. We'll let you treat us. My engineer is saying, I like this guy. So <laughs> that's, that's very interesting. That's probably one of the more colorful break drinks we've heard on over 200 shows, Tebow. So I think you're the winner right now. Erwell Heath, what are you drinking in, uh, Josie, South Africa? I'm sorry. I can't stop <laughs> laughing. Go ahead, Erwell. Mine is definitely different. Um, at this stage, I'm training for a cycle, three day multi state cycle race in May. Um, the sunny to see. So I've got uh, a shake that I just kind of put together, two bananas, protein, oats, and a little tub of yogurt. You mix it all up together, and uh, you just tilt your head back, and down it goes. So it's uh, silky smooth, very empowering, and uh, it's great for the recovery process, especially stiff or sore muscles. So if you ever have a bad day, two bananas, a scoop of protein, some oats, a little bit of yogurt, blend it up, you are A for away. It's the best breakfast or dinner or after after training um, meal, and uh, it's milk for the muscle. Let me put it to you that way. I never expected to get recipes like this on the show today. This is great. Guess what? You've all worked so hard. Brad, my engineer, says his stomach is growling now. He's hungry. Erwill, why don't you <laughs> express some over from, from Josie, South Africa, and send it over to Brad. I think he's in Phoenix today doing our engineering, so we would appreciate that. <laughs> I want to thank my three my three panelists for getting us up to what I will call it off to a rousing start here on Season 2 kickoff for HR Trends with Game Changers. I'm speaking today with Lindsay Nelson at SA. SAP in Pennsylvania, Thibaut de Kaiser, SAP in Belgium, Erwill Heath, SAP in South Africa. By the way, I am Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be after the break. Our topic today, in case you haven't guessed, early talent. What millennials really want from the future workplace. This is a no-holds-barred conversation. When we come back, we're going to launch our 30-minute nonstop roundtable and find out more about Net Jenners, Gen Y, what they think of Gen X, what they think of, of the workplace, what their needs and expectations are, and if the word career is the right word for what they're doing at work today. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back with a lot more. You don't want to miss this one. Brad out. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to HR Trends with Game Changers. 
We're back, and we're talking with Lindsay N. I forgot the middle initial, Lindsay N. Nelson and Thibaut DeKaiser and Earl Will Heath, all millennials, all SAPers, all what we call Gen Gen netters, net geners, they're just there. They're there. Their technology is in the air. It's everything they do, everything they know. They cut their teeth on it. They almost didn't have to learn it. They just grew up with it. So we're going to turn to Lindsay Nelson to kick off our marathon roundtable right now. Lindsay sent me the following note before the show, and this is very telling. So everybody listen up. She says, I am not tech support. I'll happily show you how to use it, but I will not do it for you. So please stop asking. Very polite young lady. Lindsay Nelson, where did this come come from? Who asks you to be tech support? Talk to us. Tech support is maybe the wrong word, but it's really just like using the basic applications that SAP offers and, you know, the, the tools that we use in our everyday jobs. Um, and it, and sometimes I can be difficult with that because, like you mentioned in the intro, we grew up with this. We're used to it. But at the same time, people who aren't used to it, I think that it's time that they get used to it. No matter what the age, this is the way that the world's going. Technology will be involved in everything that we do. And like my quote said, I'm happy to help, but I'm just not going to be the one who does it for you. Um, And it's easy to use. I mean, that's what makes it great, and that's what makes being a millennial so great. And it also is something that people can adapt as part of that millennial mindset. I like the millennial mindset. Thibaut, thoughts on what Lindsay just discussed? Yeah, I think I can understand uh, what Lindsay is really saying. Um, I can imagine those type of people asking this kind of question. But what I'm also seeing is that you know, like mobile phones are getting so easy to use and also applications are getting so easy to use that you know, we are less and less confronted with this kind of tech support. What I also am seeing as a positive effect of everybody using more applications that people start to share experiences. So do you have this app or that? I got a, a friend who is looking for a for a new spouse, let's say, and he says, oh, I found this great app to meet people online, and it's really helping, and I did never heard about the app. Now, I'm happily married, of course, so no, no use for me. But you know, <laughs> that's the kind of exchange you get when everybody is a, big tech, a bit tech support, to my opinion. Erwell, thoughts? Erwell Heath? Um, <laughs> sorry, you threw me off there with the, with the wives online <laughs> app. Um, yeah. I think uh, the... the <laughs> You never know. There's, I think there's an app for anything. You can, you can Google any app or go to the Apple App Store and type in any gibberish word. I'm, I'm almost 100% certain that, that there'll pro- probably be some app that'll pop up. But I think, I uh, think just coming right. back to Lindsay's point, um, mm-hmm. I think the biggest reason that, that the, I call it the more mature generation um, keeps you know, asking us for, for support on apps and technology and, and uh, um, various technological devices um, if you think back 10, 15 years ago, what was the greatest piece of cellular technology? It was a Nokia 2110. It was a brick. I think today you can use it as a self-defense weapon. It's, it's crazy <laughs> how technology has shifted and moved the past 15 yes. years. What that phone could do was probably give you an hour worth of talk time. It could text. It had a black dotted screen, pixelated screen, and it didn't even have polyphone ringtones. Today you can pretty much do anything besides launching a spaceship into, into, into orbit with an Apple iPhone. So I think it, it's, it's up to us to also, you know, help and support and guide our fellow team members who provided us so much guidance and support and mentorship over the past years. I think, um, you know, supporting them on, on whatever technological challenges they have to take them on the same journey we're going um, is also, once again, our responsibility. I fully agree with Lindsay. It's, it's not our job to, to do it for them. 
but to take them with us on this technological revolution. If I think back home in Africa, we've skipped the desktop age. Mm-hmm. Most of Africa is jumping straight to the smartphone revolution. Um, desktops are kind of non-existent up into North Africa, West Africa, and the eastern side of Africa. So we're taking the mobile revolution and the cloud and simplicity of apps into the market unit, which is definitely making a, a, a massive difference. And the shift of wired communication to wireless communication um, is definitely taking off. And I think that's, that, especially for the youth, is a great, great place to be. It certainly is. Uh, Lindsay or uh, Thibault, do you have anything comment back to Erwell for what he just brought up? Because I'm going to move to another topic if you don't. Either one? No, he captured it great. You good? Thibault, you good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. I fully agree. Thibault, I want to talk about the workplace. We talked about technology and attitudes, and we're trying to figure out who you really are, you early talent, that we, we do value you, and we want to know more about you. That's why we're all here. It's, it's educating anybody who's listening about what work means to you, what your expectations are, what you're going to give, what you expect to get back. So let's talk a little bit about the workplace itself. Tebow, I'm looking at some notes you sent me before the show, and you say net geners, and that's your code for Gen Y, net geners prefer a great social atmosphere over at work over job security and financial reward. I'm going to ask you one question. Really? Talk to me, Tebow. Yeah, so of course I'm not speaking about everybody specifically. It's just a, a common thing when we do a lot of statistics. I got this from a, from a Gate article which said indeed that if you look at what we prefer from, from our job perspective, that it's, we take a, a great social atmosphere above things like job security and financial reward. So if you would look at job security, I think a lot of the net geners are more uh, flexible to change positions uh, quickly. Uh, certainly between the age of 20 and 30, you see a lot of, of people job hopping. So not everyone, mm-hmm. certainly not myself, but that's, that's a common thing to see. Also financial reward. Uh, although some statistics uh, refer to the fact that uh, net geners uh, think they deserve a high pay when starting off a first job, uh, it's still something we are uh, inclined to to, uh, to postpone a bit to later here uh, in the benefit of having a great social atmosphere at work, having fun at work. So I think fun for us is very important, and having uh, a great connection with your colleagues is something that motivates us, drives us, and that uh, gives us a lot of energy to boost our performance. That's really what we are talking about. Thibault, I'm going to ask you to expand the concept of great social atmosphere and fun. What do you exactly mean? Let's be specific. Are you talking about job stations where you don't have walls between people, where you can actually make eye contact with your colleagues? Are you talking about happy hours? Are you talking about uh, time during the day to just sit and talk to people? Are you talking about brainstorming sessions? Are you talking about outings out of the workplace where you all go somewhere together to do something not work-related? Let's get some definitions here, and then I'm going to ask Lindsay and Erwell to chime in. So what do you mean by a great social atmosphere at work? Yeah, sure. So let me give you an example of my work day, right? So when I come mm-hmm. at the office, we have, a, we have an open landscape. So there are no walls. We see everybody. I see our uh, managing director, but also all my sales colleagues and all my marketing uh, colleagues and friends. So first of all, there's open contact. When I come in the office, I say hi, they smile, they shout out, uh, how, how's, uh, how was your evening, stuff like that. So then we, we get to work and then everybody can ask questions at any moment in time. If it's a, if it's a short question, no problem. If you need more time, then we schedule something for 
afterwards. And then, of course, the fun aspect. We, 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 sh- we should be able to laugh, to, uh, to tell a joke once in a while, not to be too serious neither. And indeed, for us, I, at least for me, work and, and let's say, personal life, it's, it's all getting mixed up. I have really great colleagues, which I also see outside of work. We get sometimes to, to have a drink after work, after five or six. Uh, and when, when we do events, uh, it's also more or less the same. We try to mix business and pleasure, and that really is what's driving at least myself and a lot of my, my colleagues of my generation. Thank you. Lindsay, you're in the Newtown Square office. I'm, I'm located here in New York, and uh, I've been to Newtown Square. It's a beautiful building, a lot of people working there. How do you define great social atmosphere at work from your, your POV? Lindsay Nelson? I think you have hit it a lot of points. Uh, the best part about working in Newtown Square for me is the fact that there are so many people my age that are located here. Uh, it's been one of the things that has kept me at SAP when I wasn't quite sure that it was a fit for me always, um, having those connections, and not only with just people our age, but also with our bosses. And to be able to have that type of positive, encouraging environment is really what keeps me in the office day after day. And the social aspect, I mean, to me, that just connects you to that organization even more. And it's, it's hard to separate from an organization when you really do have those embedded connections. Erwill, what do you think about social atmosphere? What is it like where you're, you're based? It's magic. Um, I think we've, we've, ah. we definitely have the African spirit um, going Ubuntu, if that's the local term, if you'd like to use that as well, you can write it down. We've got great, great, great people back home in, 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 in Africa, especially in Johannesburg. Um, you know, social environment is, is, is key to any success. If you don't have a close-knit team slash family where your managers are more mentors than managers, they're actually leading from the front, front and creating a supporting, enabling environment for us to flourish, um, I think I think that to me is probably the, the two most important things to me back home, which which I really have to thank my line management my, or my mentor and executive team for, is to create that in, that environment that supports us, nurtures us, mentors us, and molds us um, into the future leaders of SAP. Um, our managers management team have embraced the term millennials. They've embraced the innovative thinking and entrepreneurial spirit that the millennial generation brings to the business. They definitely support us, even though we make many, many mistakes. They're always there to kind of catch us and push us back up on on the hill and uh, giving us the freedom to succeed. I think another great, great thing, which which is fantastic back home in Johannesburg, is is flexibility. I think, as I mentioned earlier, the power of an iPhone in your hand with the SAP software, having, um, you know, corporate portal access, having your mail, your calendar, um, CRM, all the tools that an account executive or operational team or services team requires, having the flexibility to work flexible hours, so you're always online pretty much day or night, but also wherever you are within the country, you're always reachable and you can uh, make a difference. I think the biggest thing in, in South Africa or Africa in general is for the millennial generation to make a difference because the majority of our population are millennials. They're the youth, they're the future, we are the revolution and evolution of, of the country and the market unit and the continent in general. 
That's good to know. And there is a responsibility and there. Somebody mentioned that in the opening. Thank you, Earl. And Earl, I'm going to turn to you for our next topic, uh, something in your notes you sent me. You say instant gratification and the need to achieve more is part of this push for simplification. We can do anything so we can do anything from the perspective of being a Gen Y, a millennial. So what is this instant gratification? Somebody just mentioned that you make mistakes at work. And, and by the way, we have an audience in at least 100 countries, companies of all sizes. So what you're saying applies, we hope, to every millennial entering the workforce. So talk to me about instant gratification. How fast is that? Are we talking about the instantaneousness of what we call real-time analytics, for example? You want that in your workplace, in your response from your manager? Talk to me. Is it your software? Is it your manager? Is it your, your feedback? What is it that you want instantly? I think it, it's it's a it's a label that has been put onto the millennials. I think it's also mm-hmm. a little bit of a misconception, but there's some truth to the whole instant gratification association to millennials. Um, if if you think about back in the day, if I could call it that, which was a Wednesday in the 80s, um, you know, you had your TV <laughs> with a dialing knob, and you had to sit there and hold the antenna and move things around. Um, you know, it was it was. And at that stage, we thought that was the cutting edge of technology, right? We had the craziest TV shows. Um, but, and if you wanted to do a project, you had to go to the library with your little stick and find the book, go to the uh, global book encyclopedia and find the right volume, find the right page, find the right book. You're sitting there with 20 books open. Today, I can pretty much Google anything I need, Google anything I want. I can order anything online. I don't need to go to the shop. I can get whatever I want right now, day or night, anywhere in the world. I can import anything. I can order anything. I can find out via Wikipedia, Google, YouTube, whatever the, the source of information might be instantaneously. So I think that, that um, idea of instant access, always real-time access to information, moves across to the business environment personally and professionally. Um, sometimes the business moves a bit slower than what our millennial generation expects or would like it to move a lot, mm-hmm. lot faster. And I think with the technological advancements and, and the way we as millennials try and move the business forward, it's sometimes a little bit too fast for, for other areas of the business. So I think in a couple of years' time, maybe faster, we'll definitely get to a faster-paced business um, setup. Um, but I think with, with the millennial generation coming through the ranks, that'll, that'll, that'll change um, a lot faster. Thank you. Lindsay Nelson, what do you think about what your colleague Irwell just said? What about instant gratification? What does that mean to you? Instant gratification to me is a lot of what Earl said. Um, it's getting things done quickly so that you can accomplish more. One thing that I really identify with and I have a lot of friends that identify with is having that greater sense of purpose in our work and in everything that we do as millennials. And I think that's also part of how we were raised. We were raised with parents that were very loving, very caring, very encouraging, and they also were very good to us. I mean, there's there's no doubting that. And because of that, we do have these expectations that we'll get things quickly and what we'll be doing will be guided and coached along the way. And so to me, instant gratification is, getting things done quickly so I can move on to the next thing to accomplish that to the best of my ability. And sometimes it is frustrating working in a company that's so big because there are so many processes and 
we're so used to just moving quickly and moving and moving that we often forget that there is a process in place and that process is in place for a reason. But I think that now that millennials are starting to move up the ranks, I mean, I think the oldest of us are in their 30s, these processes will change, and we're seeing it here at SAT. Uh, simplification is a huge thing, and this simplification will lead to that instant gratification and eventually the satisfaction that, you know, things moved and they got done quickly and we achieved a lot more with a lot less process. Thank you, Lindsay. Thibault, what do you think about this instant gratification? Does it mean the same thing for you as it does for your colleagues on the show? I think it's a it's a very important topic, and and I think the most important thing for us to to really adapt to is to like I call it finding the pace of the company, right? So when we are working hard, we expect to get instant feedback from managers, prefer prefer positive feedback. When we order a laptop, it needs to be there tomorrow. Uh, when we uh, discuss our uh, expectations for next year, uh, we want a pay raise every year, we want to get a promotion every year. So, but actually, in reality, it doesn't <laughs> work like that. So, we want to get. Yeah, I, I call it really finding the pace of the company. So, although uh, like SAP is a fantastic company, we're moving super, super fast. It's still it's still not fast enough for a lot of of our generation. And that's something we need to adapt to and and really connect with our colleagues, maybe we, which are not that generous and maybe be a bit older, which are not at our pace. That that we need to consider the pace of the company really to move forward. I would suggest you don't count any generation out of needing instant gratification because there's some of us who still like it. Even at my age, we still want it. I want things just as fast as you do, and I get just as impatient as you do, but you probably wouldn't have believed that about me. Now, I want to move to another topic. I'm going to go back to Lindsay Nelson's notes. Lindsay, very important point. We've talked about the social environment at work. We've talked about instant gratification. We've talked about knowing your, your generations, knowing so much about technology that people come to you and ask you to do it? No, no, no. You'll show them, but stop asking. Okay. So let's talk about the issue of working from home versus in the office. And, and here's what you, saw, you told me before the show. You said, just because I like to work from home or only come into the office for a few hours some days doesn't mean I am not working. This, I think, is a big generational issue. It's a perception and a misperception. And by the way, I work from home 100% of the time, and that's how I'm able to do radio five times a week because I don't have to commute to an office. So there. So I'm with you. But how do you tell people, Lindsay, I'm working from home, but I'm working? How do you convey that? It's quite challenging. Uh, I'm lucky enough to have a boss that believes very much in flexibility and encourages it and practices it, practices it himself. But for some other people, it's always the funniest and the most, the people that you never work with that are always questioning what you're doing when you're at home. And I think to me, my response is always, I've grown up going to school where in college you take a class, you work for an hour, you maybe work for an hour after that, then you take a break. You let your mind just relax. And I once saw Bill McDermott talk, and one of the things he said is, sometimes it's great to take a break. Just look out the window, put your feet up on the desk, and think and reflect. And it's during those times that we have our most creative moments. And I'm a firm believer in this. I think that if you were to work eight to five, it's monotonous. It's boring. And sometimes those negative feelings can fester inside, and that can make people at companies disloyal or not engaged. So to me, working from home, I tell them that it's my way of staying on top of what I'm doing. It's my way of working hard throughout the day and then also doing what I think is good for me. I mean, I know that one thing that millennials always get blamed for is, you know, that mixture of personal and work. And I don't think that 
there's any problem with that. And that's kind of how I talk to them, that maybe they should try it, see how it works for them. I'm 100% in your court on that one. Thibaut de Kaiser, what do you think about the work from home versus being in the office? What's your point of view? Yeah, I think it's a very important topic, and that's that's something which is not limited to Hutu, NetGen, I think we're doing this for uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of decades, and certainly maybe U.S. even faster than Europe, because you guys are bigger, and you know, transportation is costing a lot of money and certainly time, so to be efficient, I think we should be able to work wherever we want, and, and uh, also SAP, we're, we are really supporting the fact that you should be able to work anywhere, and we'd we like to offer you guys the tools to do that, so, so that's very, very important, uh, so nothing really new to me uh, there. To my opinion, it's also about personal attitude, right? So me, I really like to be surrounded by my colleagues, but I could also say sometimes I need to work at home to get a lot of things done, and I do a lot more work uh, when I'm when I'm alone, that's for sure. But to me, again, my personal says I need to be around my people, so, so I do it, let's say, one day a week max. Uh, the other days, I prefer to stay close to, 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 to my colleagues. Appreciate that. Erwell, thoughts on working from home? Do you? Um, so I'm in business operations for, for Southern Africa, so I spend most of my day with the sales management team, um, the executive team and the, the account executives, uh, focusing on the pipeline and the, the whole franchise model. So the opportunity for me to work from home is very, very limited, but when I do have the possibility, when I do have the opportunity to work from home for half a day, I definitely take it. Um, way more productive back home. Uh, put on your headphones, put on the music, get your right food. You know, it's, it's, it's a, a lot more comfortable environment from the angles that you don't have as many distractions. I sit in the open office environment in the middle of the office for a good reason that when the account executives or sales management team have any questions or concerns, um, they come to me directly and we can fix it on the spot. So when I do get the opportunity to work from home, I take it with both hands. There's always a joke of, oh, you're working half day or you're going to go for another interview. I say, guys, focus on selling. I'll focus on the pipeline. And that's it. I think the more people focus on their own lives and focus on delivering what they get paid on um, and not trying to distract other people from completing their tasks and objectives, um, the better for everyone. So um, I know there's a lot of jokes going around, but sometimes you get a couple of individuals who just really want to get under your skin for no apparent reason. And I sometimes feel sorry for them because uh, apparently they don't have enough work. Apparently not. Apparently not. Great points all. I want to move this in another direction before we go to break in about two, seven, eight minutes now. I'm going to turn to Thibaut de Kaiser. Thibaut, you told me, and this is a very important. Uh, people listening are wanting to know, what are your plans, you net geners, you gen wires, you millennials? How long are you planning to stick around? Companies are investing training dollars in you. They're investing energy, and they're investing management mentoring, perhaps. So you told me net geners are thinking of staying between one and five years at their first employer. I don't know how that stacks up against previous generations in the workforce, but why don't you introduce the topic for us, Thibaut, and then we'll get your colleagues in on it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, so that's a, that's a great topic, and I would love to discuss it with you guys. Um, so, so I remember when I started working, I, I said, you know, this is a place I, 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 will, I will end my career at the first employer. And actually what happened after four years, uh, SAP um, invited me to work for them, which sounds fantastic. So now I'm again three years at SAP, again thinking I will stay here for the rest of my life. Um, so, so really difficult to really say, but if you look at statistics, you see that um, net are kind of able to job hop 
a lot. So they are going a bit from left and right, maybe still trying to figure out what they're really looking for from their career point of view. Um, so, so, so it's very different for a lot of people. Uh, we don't see a lot of net geners staying for 10 to 20 years at their first employer. Um, it's more, to, as you said, between one and five. So I did four, which makes me maybe somebody who stick longer at my first employer. Well, I'm, I'm, maybe let's check this one with my colleagues to see what's their experience and how long they stuck around to their first employer. Good, good, good. Lindsay, what do you think? I think it's an interesting topic because, for me, I've never identified with that trait. I grew Growing up, I worked at the same company from 13 to 21, then I was forced to get a big girl internship. Um, I think that as long as a company continues to keep me challenged, that company is loyal to its employees, puts its employees and its customers first with their needs, and also encourages a culture of inclusion. And if they're willing to put those dollars and that effort into me, the way I see it is that's only going to help me. So I'd like to put my energy and effort back into them. Um, I'm, I very much would like to work here for as long as I could, as long as SAP will keep me. Because, like I said, they, this is an environment that I love to be in. It's challenging. I'm surrounded by really intelligent people um, and really smart, social, fun people who have a lot of great traits that I can learn from. So going back to that, as long as a company continues to put their employees first, stay true to who they are, and really hire managers that are willing to work with their employees and be great people managers, I I see no problem with employers or being loyal to one employer. But I can understand that not every company works like that. So I mm-hmm. think that's where this this negative stereotype of millennials jumping from job to job has has arisen from. Interesting point, Lindsay, and think about it this way. In the next five to, I don't know how many years, maybe three to five years, you and Thibault and Erwell may be rising up. One of you said you expect instant gratification in the form of a promotion every year. Good luck to you, but it can happen. <laughs> so the question is, you're going to be those managers. You're going to be the ones who are bringing in mm-hmm. the next generation. You're going to be the ones who are treating them with respect and allowing yeah. creativity and social interaction and a great atmosphere. You're going to be making the workplace a place to be, a place to stay, a place to be happy. So there's a little on that R word, that responsibility. I don't think we got Irwell's thoughts on this yet. What about one to five years? What, what do you, okay, talk. I'm, I'm remembering. I'm keeping tra- track here. Go ahead. I, I wanted to jump in. I think if, if we look at when the, the millennials joined the workforce the past five to ten years or five to eight years, the global financial crisis hit 2007, 2008, 2009, uh, which really shook up the global economic environment, locking down a lot of companies' recruitment doors, and millennials kind of just jumped at the opportunities that they could possibly get. Whichever door was open and opportunity was available, they grabbed with both hands. I think that might be one of the big reasons where millennials, once they've stepped into the workplace, they quickly realize that a company is for them, where they can live and breathe and, and, and work within the company and fit in from a cultural perspective where they live the passions and the brand of the business and others take a couple of career jumps to get there. I'm extremely lucky. I was born and bred within SAP. I started directly out of university. Um, I've been about six years, and this is my fifth role, possibly the sixth one before the end of the year. So, yes, I am job hopping, but I'm job hopping within the same organization. Um, I feel that or the company I work for SAP, not to keep selling that, but I strongly feel passionate about the organization. 
I feel a part of the organization. I feel that I'm making a business difference within the African market unit, making businesses run better, but also helping improve people's lives. If we look at what software we sell to utilities, public sector, mining industry, financial services, trying to simplify their lives, and I can be a part of that, is definitely what's keeping me at the business. Um, SAP is not the same company it was five years ago. It will definitely not be the same company in five years' time. And if you find your niche or find your passion and purpose within that organization and can shift with that organization, you can definitely build a career for life in that business. Sometimes it definitely, you know, interests diverge between employees and organizations and would be a disservice for those two entities to keep that relationship going. Sometimes it's better, better to move on. But in my case, I strongly feel that I will be with the organization for many, many years to come. Erwell, you sure you're, you're young? You sure you're a millennial? You're talking like a much more seasoned and mature person. I'm, I'm very intrigued with the words coming out of your mouth. All of the panel, actually. I'm having trouble seeing a, a big difference in generations here because you all sound very, very mature and very wise. And I say that as a, as a sincere compliment. You're, you're just really smart, and you have a bigger Sorry. view than I would have expected. Now, I have a quick question for you before we go to break. But, I have but, a Bonnie, yeah. I, I have to, I have to, sorry, I have to jump in on that comment, right? I'm extremely yes. lucky. I am the youngest son out of three boys. My mother and father are kind of the best leaders, champions, heroes of my life. I went to win a circle earlier this year, took both of them uh, with me. Um, mm-hmm. And they've, they've given me the opportunities and support. So I think their insight and both my brother's insight and passion and the executive team locally, um, I think, well, they even told me about a week or two ago, which, which was a big thing on my shoulders that they said, oh, well, we believe in you. And I sat there thinking, okay, that's a lot of responsibility. So if it is, and I think in the same vein, just to finish off that point, there is so much to learn from our parents, from our managers, from our leaders. Life mm-hmm. is too short to learn every single lesson from scratch. If we can stand on the, gi- on the shoulders of giants and take their life lessons and apply it, apply it to ours without stepping into the same pothole, it makes our life so much more simpler, easier, um, and we can take it to the next level. And I think that's our responsibility to take it to the next level. You are so wise. And I hear from I hear in between the lines that respect for and love of family and valuing other generations. Uh, you know what? We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to have about nine minutes for our roundtable at the end is called the crystal ball. We're going to look into the future. Our topic today is early talent, what millennials really want from the future workplace. We're really focusing right now on the current, but we're going to focus five years ahead. I'm speaking to Lindsay Nelson, SAP Newtown Square PA, Thibault de Kaiser, SAP Brussels, Belgium, and Erwill Heath, SAP Jones, Johannesburg, Jonesy, South Africa, trying to remember Jersey, everything Jersey. I've learned. Josie, Josie, we're going to get Josie. So when we come back, we're going to ask you to look ahead five years, but I'm going to make it a little more complicated for the panel. I have a note here from Brian Barnhart, who's tweeting his heart out today, along with Mike Montalban. And uh, he, Brian, who is also a millennial, I didn't know that. He wants to know what you think about the value of perks. That's something all generate. What are you going to do for me? What's it going to like? Am I going to get an extra break? Am I going to get a T-shirt? What do you want in the way of perks at work? So that'll be part of part of your wrap-up at the future. So we're going to take our final break now. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to the debut of Season 2, HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. What a great panel. I've already told Brian we have to invite you back for Part 2, so count on an invitation. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that dial, that app, that mouse, whatever. Brad, out. Oh. 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. You're enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to HR Trends with Game Changers. Here we are heading into the home stretch. I'm Bonnie D. Graham speaking with Lindsay Nelson, Thibaut DeKaiser, and Erwill Heath today on our panel for the kickoff for HR Trends with Game Changers Season 2. Quick note of thanks again to Brian Barnhart, Barnhart and Mike Maltabon for tweeting everything my panel is saying. It's like a book they're writing here. It's great. And I asked Brian what's in his cup, and he said, he's a millennial, by the way, I'm drinking a double-shot latte with vanilla soy milk. Yum. So there, we got you into the coffee break. Brian, <laughs> let's, kick off the, let's kick off the prediction round. Now, remember, I'm giving you each two minutes for your predictions. Lindsay's up first, and when you talk, Brian wants to know what do you expect, uh, what do you like the best in terms of workplace perks. Lindsay Nelson, two minutes, go. So what do I expect with workplace perks? I expect a, a gym, an office that's nice to work in. Um, I think that these two things are some of the biggest, in my opinion. I, I personally don't care for the games, you know, the pool tables, the beanbag chairs. I want a desk that I can go and call my own and I can decorate it however I want. And I also want to know that if I need a break to walk away from my desk, I can go to the gym or I can go to a coffee corner that we have. One of my favorite things about the Newtown Square office is the fact that there are coffee corners in each of the sections as well as a Starbucks here. So to me, Mm -hmm. these things are all little breaks from the the day-to-day, and I really really do enjoy having those perks. And I I don't think that I could ever work at another place without them. Good. Now, predict five years ahead. Where do you expect to be in your career, or what do you think millennials will want in five years? Now, you can take one more minute. Go ahead, Lindsay. Okay. I think in my career, I would like to be a people manager. Uh, I I really am drawn to the the topic of diversity and just the general future of work topic. So I'm really staying open to any path that leads me in that general direction. Um, I really like leading teams. I really like working with people, collaborating, and and solving problems. So if there's a way that I can do that and also make money to pay off my student loans, to me, that would be awesome. Um, As for what millennials will want, I think that millennials will start to to feel the sweat that I would say the other generations are feeling because of the up-and-coming generation behind us. I mean, they talk about the certain traits that we have being, you know, the technology, the multitasking, I look at the the little girls that I babysit sometimes, and it is incredible to me, one, how smart they are, how 
how willing they are to, to step into these leadership positions at the ages of six and seven. Um, so my prediction is that the workplace is going to continue to evolve and it's going to continue to optimize and it's going to continue to, to turn to technology to meet the needs of all the different employees, especially when it comes to education, learning, and just general engagement with the talent. Thank you, Lindsay. Great point of view there. A lot to lot to chew on there. Let's move to Thibaut de Kaiser calling from Brussels. Thibaut, first, Perks, what matters to you in the workplace, and then where do you expect to be, and what do you think about the workplace of the future for your generation, who you are right now in five years? What will it be like? If you could change it, what would you do? Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Start off with the perks. I think what's becoming more and more important is um, as personal life and, and, and work life is, is becoming mixes. Certainly the gym, I think mind and body mixing up is very important. Uh, sitting on a, on, a, on a seat all day long is, is, is not too good for your back. So getting out there, uh, get some sunshine, run, walk, uh, swim, whatever. I think that's, that's crucial. So if I would choose a perk, that would be one of my most favorite perks. Uh, next to that, of course, travel. I think we are all getting connected and interconnected. So we are being connected worldwide already. So why should we be traveling also around the globe and to meet people and, and to get to do more business together with all kinds of, uh, of different people and, and also cultures, right? So I think diversity is very much important. So if any perks can help us, getting that diversity contact uh, would, would really be appreciated from our side, I think. Of course, I cannot miss telecommunications, right? So I think we need our iPhones, we need our iPads, we need our bandwidth uh, 24 hours, uh, seven day long, and uh, unlimited uh, data volume, so because we're going to need it really. So that would be a great perk as well. And the next to that, as we are fully focused on living life and enjoying our work, I think uh, a good security around pension and health, uh, not only for ourselves, but also for our families, would be, would be uh, very, very important just to not be needing to think about that and just be focused on, on what you really enjoy. So those would be my perks uh, I would prefer. Okay. Now, five years from today, where would you be or where do you think your generation will be? Talk. Yeah, so, you know, career-wise, I think we all need to accept the fact that we will be tomorrow's leadership. Uh, we can then say maybe also management, but leadership and management is not always the same thing. So I'm saying, you know, the generation coming afterwards, they will need us to, to be led the way uh, forward. So I think that's we need to uh, embrace this and, and be ready for this for this challenge. I think the people on the call are for sure ready. I think a lot of the listeners as well. So, so, so keep it coming, and, and we will make sure that the, the world keeps turning, right? So location-wise, I don't think we'll have offices anymore. I think we'll have this kind of video walls at home and all kinds of uh, mobility uh, tools that can help us with that, like tech support with smart watches we see coming up, uh, Google Glass, interesting to see where that's going. Uh, and I think that will help us interact with people from a distance because uh, as we are getting more and more mobile, I think, you know, offices, I'm doubting if they will be still around in, in, in five years' time. Um, so that's more or less the things that I, I'm working on, I'm thinking about, about. And then maybe to end off, I think we'll all be driving electric cars. I think we've been putting this off for way too long. I think electric cars is the way to go, and the, the sooner the better. Thank you, Thibault. Let's give two minutes to Erwell Heath. Erwell? South Africa, talk to me. First, perks. We've heard an awful lot between your two colleagues on the panel. And then what is your prediction for five years from right now? Go ahead. Two minutes. First thing, um, to me personally, greatest perk at, at work currently is the opportunity to, to travel, to see the world. I was in Philadelphia, Newtown Square earlier this year, Palo Alto as well. 
fantastic, beautiful campus that, that Lindsay has on a daily basis. I must say it's, it's one of the most beautiful offices mm. I've personally experienced. But mm. I have to give uh, a lot of credit to our offices in Johannesburg as well. We've got five buildings in the middle of Johannesburg, and uh, we've got a lot of kind of wildlife, some ducks, and we've got a river flowing through it. It's pretty, pretty beautiful. So whenever we have a, a pretty rough day or just want to take a quick break, you don't have to walk more than 15 meters to get outside, take a deep breath of fresh South African air, enjoy the sights and sounds of what Mother Nature has to offer for, for local community. And um, I think one of the greatest perks as well, which, which we are offered back home, is um, kind of, I'd call it the sustainability of employees, focusing on pension funds, medical, a canteen. Um, to me personally, you know, one of the, 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 the things that I think a lot of people underestimate is healthy body, healthy mind getting in the right food, healthy food that is provided by the, the, the business canteen definitely gives you the energy boost to get you through the day. Um, otherwise, rubbish in, rubbish out. That's um, right. Erwin, well, you got 45 um, seconds for your predictions. 45 seconds. Go. Okay. Predictions. Five years' time. Hopefully COO of Africa. I think the <laughs> tech side of working <laughs> – Hey, you have to be ambitious and, and, and go for the top. There's no reason I'm I love it. I um, love it. So, so that's, that's, that's my prediction personally. I think business-wise, it'll be a different company. We'll be in the cloud. We'll be the number one in the cloud. Africa will be one of the biggest market units in Europe, Middle East, and Africa, if not globally. Um, and I think with, with the right attitude, right mindset, healthy body, healthy mind, we will take it to the next level this year. And with that, thank, thank you, Earl. Thank, thank you. Listeners. Thank you, Bonnie. Hold on. I need, I need 30 year. seconds to close the show. Thank you. Wednesday, tomorrow, Coffee Break with Game Changers, 8 a.m. Pacific. Thursday, Future of Business with Game Changers, 7 a.m. Pacific. Thursday afternoon, 1 p.m. Pacific, Startup Focus with Game Changers. Great show. Next Monday, we kick off the morning at 10 a.m. Pacific with Financial Excellence with Game Changers. And guess what? Right here next Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific, HR Trends with Game Changers returns for episode number two in season number two. Thank you so much. What a great panel, Lindsay Nelson, Thibaut DeKaiser, Erwell Heath. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. You were wonderful. I feel closer to you than I do to most of my friends my own age. Don't even go there. Shout outs to Carolyn Cahoot for sponsoring the show and bringing it back. Brian Barnhart, you're wonderful. Our millennial tweeter, Mike Montalban as well. Thank you so much. Brad and the Business Channel team, I'm Bonnie D. Graham for the debut of the new season of HR Trends with Game Changers. Here's my call to action. Everybody listen up. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Talk to you tomorrow on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.